0: Project. It's Penalty's Hot 101 with Blue and Tilt Welcome to Cannabis Talk
3: 101 with Blue and Joe Grande, the world's number one source for everything cannabis. Thank you guys for checking us out and thank you for tuning in the podcast. Check us out on our website, cannabistalk101.com, as we are the world's number one source for everything cannabis. We've got so many great articles and blogs on the site. And call us up anytime, 1 800 420 1980. Go ahead there, Goldie, and go check out our IG pages at Cannabis Talk 101. My brother Blue is at the number one, Christopher Wright, and I am at Joe Grande 52. And Blue is not here today. And Solar's not filling in, but we got somebody even prettier than you, Goldie. See,
1: hey man, yeah, I, I say the same thing you every, know what I mean? every day. So I mean, I'm honored. I like the gold fronts. Hey, but it's nothing like but the sunshine I, of a smile. I can't right?
3: front when it comes to Jessica <laughs> right here. Jessica, it's always good to have you on the show, hosting <laughs> with us and hanging out with us. I and I gotta dance. give Jessica some props real quick. Uh, my daughter, after our Christmas party, said Jessica's my type of girl, Dad. Oh, and she just loved you to death and tell this I can't wait to even go home and be like I co-hosted the show with Jessica today." oh my god you did I could just see her being so excited how what and she'll just be talking about you well, She you was so a beautiful so, family thank you it's all fake and phony but don't get it twisted <laughs> everything looks good from the IG right so the go Matrix. check it out there yeah you guys turn your typical into something special and thank you Jessica for that when it comes to infused products <laughs> the flavor you taste should be just as enjoyable as the feeling you experience visit the website loranoils.com that's L-O r-a-n-n-o-i-l-s.com on the show today our brother from another mother <laughs> good old Rory
0: hello, hello. Henry, <laughs> the founder
3: and CEO of ginger now gingers California's direct-to-consumer solutions built for cannabis brands as well as the co-founder of the or the the founder excuse me of the award-winning cannabis spray click which we have here on display and we're gonna talk all about Click nice. as well, but really wanna jump in to Ginger. And not only that, you guys that are listening, and I don't know if you know this, Goldie, are you, Jessica? I know Blue knows this, but he's also one of the co-founders of Ease Technology, which allows patients to get verified online in seconds and do the delivery service and all that other wow. stuff. This that is cares. this guy right here, right? Wow. So this is no dude that's just coming to the game today, yesterday, he did a Click spray. Yeah. He knows the basketball players, the NBA, the this, the that. He is well, well connected. And I'm very honored that I feel connected to the man because everything I've seen about him, He's a four-star, five-star quality. You know what I mean? He's down like four flats, too, because he comes back here to hang out with us. <laughs> he comes from the hills to come hang out over here in OC. And I appreciate
4: every invite.
5: Thank you, Saya. <laughs> Go check out the <laughs> website,
3: gingercommerce.com, G-I-N-G-E-R-C-O-M-M-E-R-C-E.com. Now, Roy, it's good to have you back because your ginger is blowing up. I mean... Give everybody a a real description of what it is and why everybody should be using it. Because in my opinion, when I first heard about it, this is something that every company, if I'm not mistaken, like literally every company, not even cannabis, every company could be using.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, our, our focus is to basically help cannabis brands create an alternative to their revenue sources in retail. So the typical cannabis brand, 100% of their sales come from dispensaries or the retail channel. And in any business, in a sales-oriented or consumer-oriented business, you never want to have all your eggs in one basket. You never want to have one channel, one source of revenue, because anything could happen, margin compression, supply chain issues, and you're sort of a leaf in the wind um, at, at those whims. And so Ginger essentially offers brands an alternative to open up a new source of revenue, a new channel essentially, that allows them to sell directly to consumers, to be able to sort of be masters of their own destiny, to communicate with the consumers directly, to control pricing and all the things that they don't have control over or sometimes even influence over in retail, they now have when they sell online on their own website and partner with Ginger. So that's kind of the big value add that we provide. And not
3: only a big value add, you're actually controlling more of your own destiny because there's not an upsell, if I'm not mistaken. right? There's so so many... Uh, Are they being taxed the same, not even the The, same way?
4: The tax tax is, uh, you know, it is a regulatory standard. Um, There are promotions and specials that are calculated in the right way. I've seen some retailers sort of overcharge on the taxes just because they don't understand the rules of how to algorithmically reduce the taxes as the price that the consumer pays gets reduced. We're doing it through technology, so it's just easier and more accurate. But by and large, the taxes are the same. The difference is by cutting out the retailer and giving the brand access directly to the consumer, there's less cost in the supply chain, therefore bigger savings that can be given to the consumer. So in the end, they can pay less because the brand is incentivized to give them promotions and other sort of incentives like uh, order reoccurrence and loyalty rewards because they're talking to the consumer directly. If you were, let like, you know, the airline segment. I mean, we're probably old enough to have, you know, used an airline broker back in the day or a travel agent, right? And that was sort of the middle person between the airline and you. Who does that anymore? You know, you you get an account with United. You get a frequent flyer program. You're dealing directly with the airline. You go to the airline's website, et cetera, et cetera. And sort of that's, that's what we are offering cannabis brands. We're allowing them to cut some of the costs out of the supply chain, hopefully transfer those savings to the consumers. And because of the value add of being able to talk to the consumer directly, they're much more incentivized to blow up this sales channel versus the retail channel. Because in the end, in retail, you're only getting a wholesale sale. You're not capturing the toughest, the, the best margins, and you're not capturing the consumer data.
5: Can I ask, does that also allow for the the, the brand co- to gather lead ca- capture on the
4: Clients? Well, not just uh, gather lead capture, but more importantly, and that's a great question invest in lead capture. So if you're a cannabis, and I I know we're getting into the weeds right away, pun intended, but if you're a cannabis brand, a typical cannabis brand, you know, a year or two ago, if you went to their website, it was a very simple page, like a one pager about us was about the ethos of the founders and the, you know, cleanliness of the farm practices, et cetera. It's very, very basic with maybe a dispensary finder. And that's about it. Um, And we are at the forefront of changing that and teaching cannabis brands that it is now there's a justification for investing in lead capture and in driving paid and compensated traffic to your website because your website is now an economic engine. It's a revenue source. Before it was just Mm -hmm. an info portal slash maybe a lead generator into retail, a supply chain you have no control over. Exactly.
3: Yeah, and now if my mic was on, I could be able to talk, but uh, is news. it back on? I, I can't even hear myself. Uh, I don't think it's on. I think the other mics might be pick- Can you hear
5: me on your mic? I sound? can okay. hear you.
4: I think yours was, uh, was lagging, Jessica's.
5: No, I can I. Okay, I don't I hear, can myself hear
4: myself like myself I
3: hear Jessica. Now I do maybe a little bit. Yeah. I'll say, yeah. So we're back.
4: With all these
3: analytics, right, what, what type of analytics are, are they getting? Are they able to see? What, what are they getting?
4: So they get the entire backend data. So we have this system called Mission Control. The brand logs in. They can see in real time the sales dashboard. Is, it would sort of be a dispensary owner logging into their POS system right. mm-hmm. and being able to see all that data. That's what our brands see in real time. So they're able to log in and see statewide sales data, account creation data, et cetera, et cetera. And so now they have that justification to do lead gen, to work with brand ambassadors, et cetera, because... The moment the customer registers, even before purchase, they already have their contact info and can start to build that relationship.
5: Do you mind if I ask then what kind of lead data are they capturing? Is it deep data where we know like their age demographic, or is it um, you know phone number, email address, and address? Because obviously so, that's really important to know in your consumer base.
4: Of course, the. The advantage of cannabis being strictly regulated, and there's very few of those (laughs) advantages, but the (laughs) advantage is that the individual does need to sort of positively identify themselves, including uploading an ID, which, you know, most if you're buying, you know, a cup, you wouldn't do that. Right. Um, So we are capturing everything and the brand, our customers have access to everything. So age, gender location, um, login patterns, um, all the things that you would think exist in typical e-commerce. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in our solution, we even have automated drip campaigns. Um, you forgot items in your cart, SMS messages, all of those things. You ch- clicked on this, wow. maybe go all back and it. do that. All of it. Abandoned yes. Car- yeah. or, car- hey, wow. or, um, win back campaigns. <laughs> if you haven't bought in 30 days, Hey, we miss you. Here's 10% off. It, we are a brand's digital marketer dream come true.
5: Is it fair to say that this is similar to Shopify? We, in fact, industry? when when
4: I try to sort of uh, explain it, and people like you know the Uber of this or the X of that, if I had to uh, describe what Ginger was in that context, we're sort of the Shopify plus FedEx of weed, but we're we're it together because Shopify, Shopify doesn't do delivery. logistics. Wow. Okay. Right? They're just providing the technology. So,
3: Roy, the the big question that I have that Everybody seems to ponder, which I I go there every time, which especially with ease that you're a co-founder of, is how is this legal? Because under federal law, we cannot buy cannabis online. Under federal law, you can't do, uh, do that, period. Yeah. What is the trick the magic or is that the the hidden secret or is that the taboo that oh joe that's the information that should be sold and not
4: told well no i think it's it's simpler than that there's a you you have to draw a distinction between federal law and state law on the federal side you know the the least of your worries should be that you're selling cannabis online you're selling cannabis that that already is a problem if you want to look from a federal perspective you know there's exposure there right but in the end there are you know the coal memo there are other sort of uh, federal guidelines that have said hey if you're operating within the uh, legal framework of your state we'll leave you alone so I would say from a federal standpoint, that would be sort of the justification why you can do anything in cannabis. Now, specifically in your particular state and selling cannabis online, the regulations say in California are very friendly towards that. In California, there's very strict rules around advertising the sale of cannabis online. You have to age gate like a 21 and older uh, positive uh, verification. You have to display the license from which the delivery will be made. And you have to appropriately calculate the taxes, etc. But if, as long as you do all of those things, you can legally sell cannabis online. What you can't do is payment processing, and we don't we don't do that, right? So you put in the order on Ginger, but the payment is handled with the driver upon delivery. The capturing of credit cards or payments online in general is still something that is a very tri- tricky subject.
5: So, this, is there a payment processing? Um, you know. Um go wave going about it in person or are you guys dealing in cash
4: yeah right now it's cash or you know like the, the debit cards and the, the things that are allowed that right. drivers handle um but you know in the end everyone's waiting for for you know the other shoe to drop on safe banking or any of these other regulations that will allow payment process and
3: there's always a workaround here or there that i've seen we've seen this you know i, I just got another email
4: today from a guy who's, you know, hey, I'm doing credit a, card if processing. I, if I had a dollar for everyone who reached me and said, I have the only compliant solution for All credit right. card processing in cannabis, I'd be a, a much richer man. But in the end, we don't mess with that. I think we're actually one of maybe the only uh, e-commerce platform in cannabis in California that doesn't do any digital payment. And we're sort of proud of that. We, we don't want to touch that. But period. didn't Ease do that? Ease did it. And other people do it. Other delivery services do it. It's it's great. It's you know it's sort of like a, it's great a, a dro- and great. It, it's crack. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know because it does wonders short term for your sales.
3: I mean, it, I, in my opinion, Roy, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, a lot of these people are doing it until they can.
4: Yeah. And there's plenty of uh, examples out there where people have gotten in trouble and, and have gotten shut down, etc. And you know? had to
3: make a big payment for, for doing it and getting caught. I yeah. mean,
4: there was the big news story of what happened yeah. with these. That they yeah. wrote a big check for that. And more than that, you know, you have to pay a price. Um, and so anyways, with Ginger, we steer clear of it. And what's interesting is um, some of our brands, and we talk to them, be like, oh, well, you know, I would like to go with you, Ginger, but you don't do payment processing. That's going to affect my conversion rate. Uh, but that our data is showing that absolutely not. In the end, um, we do next day delivery. We don't do same day delivery. And with Ginger, what we found is that we are actually attracting the most premium customer, which is the brand loyalist or brand loyalist in training is what I right. like to call them. It's a much different consumer. I, I liken it to coffee. Like you can get coffee anywhere at a.m. p.m. or pay $20 at an Italian restaurant, right? I mean, it's a huge variance for relatively the same product.
5: And Well, it, yeah. well no, just, just going back to that, before you move on to that point, because I wanted to ask this earlier. Now, without being able to go into an actual dispensary and there's no markup, or, I'm uh-huh. sorry, there's no there's no upsell, you uh-huh. know? So you would kind of attract the, the brand loyalist because they know exactly what they're looking for when they go in. You typically aren't going to order something that you haven't tried before, you know? Um with the data capture that you're able to get mm-hmm. from the website, you know, let's say I'm I, I have a cannabis brand and I'm selling on your site. With the data capture, are you able to send them um, product uh, like offers for new products, like twenty percent off coupon for the next time you guys logged into, you know, to your store and go try this one next time, you know?
4: Yeah, great question. So the way Ginger works is we partner with the brand and the brand controls the marketing, not Ginger. There actually isn't a gingercommerce.com storefront where we sell all our brands. We actually view that as competing with our own customer. That's a whole other discussion that I'm happy to have. Um, There is one other company in our space that is doing something similar to Ginger, but they also operate a marketplace, meaning they have a website where you can go and you can buy all the brands in one basket. Ginger when I founded the company because I was a brand uh, before starting ginger I started click spray and I felt on my own skin how difficult it is to succeed as a cannabis brand in California It is excruciatingly difficult and As a result I said I want to build a company that would offer brands an alternative But my North Star my ethos is I'm here for the brands and I will never do anything that sort of compromises that and I feel like when you have a, a sort of marketplace mm. that is side by side competing with your brands, now it's my marketing team against my client's marketing team. Yes. And, and I have the competitive advantage because I see all the data. Right. So my competitors are doing that. I am not. In the ginger world, um, the product is sold on the brands' website and only their product is sold because they're only going to sell their product but they are able to market that product to the consumer. So it'll be their products, but it'll be, hey, 30% off of this, or we just launched a new SKU or the bubblegum flavor. Try this, get a coupon. That they're doing all the time.
3: Perfect. Well, let's break real quick. We're going to come back. We're going to talk a little bit more about this because as you said that, I'm curious, why don't you just take it all and do it yourself? Because everybody's coming to you, and as you say, we can talk about that. Let's talk about that. It's (laughs) Cannabis Talk 101. We'll be right back with our guy, Rory, right here. It's Cannabis Talk. We'll be back in a second.
1: Yes. We'll be right back with Cannabis Talk 101. Welcome back to Cannabis Talk 101.
3: Advanced Nutrients, you guys, they have a complete growing system for cannabis that optimizes all phases and cycles to bring your crops to their true genetic potential. Discover more at advancednutrients.com. Rory, we're talking so much about Ginger, California's direct-to-consumer solution built for cannabis brands. I love everything you're saying, and every time i heard about this, as we've had other brands on the show that are now offering ginger on their sites, it made us think about you going, oh, you're doing the ginger. <laughs> They're like, oh no. <clears throat> but as you get all these brands that come to you, what's stopping you from just having your own site that offers everything, hence your your very own uh, weed map, so to yeah.
4: speak? It's nothing wrong with doing that, except like I said, you're competing with your own customer. I would like to, you know, operate a company that is true to its own moral compass. You know, Call me old fashioned. And I think that there's other ways to make money alongside my customers, not against my customers. So some of the areas where we see ourselves uh, doing something similar to what you're saying but in a way that is complementary and not competitive is in our product roadmap for this year, we wanna open up our platform for brands to collaborate and start to co-market their product On other websites, on other URLs, I'll give you an example. Let's say I work with three uh, cannabis flower brands from Humboldt County. They each have their own website and their marketing teams are trying to drive traffic to their website to only sell their product. But they could also say, hey, you know what? Sometimes people like a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Let's all of us band together. Let's create a a website that's like HumboldtCountiesBest.com and sell all of our products together. We're all putting money towards marketing. We're driving customers to that site. Maybe we'll get a different kind of consumer profile, and we all share that customer data. We all co-own that customer data. Ginger can be the backbone to support that, but we don't want to do it ourselves because that's when we become a competitor to our customers.
3: And so Ginger... Are you guys offering full website, everything for clients as well?
4: We don't do creative because we feel like that is where the brand identity really sh- shines. Mm-hmm. So. Um, when a brand signs up with us, they can either, we give them the developer kit and they can either build an integration themselves or we will integrate into their website as a professional services. But we just don't do the creative because that's where the brand voice comes through. It's just not an expertise we have in-house. So if you look at some of our uh, uh, clients, I don't know, can I share names? Please, uh, I'd love to hear a bunch of them. So some of our brands are, for example, Buddies, BuddiesBrand.com. I think that's who
3: we had in here. No Buddies pretty big. Pretty
4: big brand. Uh, Lime is another big brand. We've
3: had lime in here as well too. Those might have been the two. What just came off the top of my head?
4: So buddies in lime. If you go to their website, their creative team created the experience. Another um, customer of ours is a cannabis beverage brand called Pamos. P a m o s. It's a really cool sort of luxury. uh, You know, sixty five dollars or seven hundred fifty mil alcohol replacement uh, product, right? So it's it's a mixer, and, you know, it's a 750-mil it's bottle. So those are very different products, very different SKU set. Lyman Buddies probably have 100 SKUs. Uh, Pamos only has five or six, and they're catering to a completely different audience. Uh, the Pamos beverage is for the sort of luxury... Refine, maybe kind of curious, and then Buddies and Lime is like something for everyone, right? A hundred skews in all categories, from a syrup to a syringe to flour to all-in-one vapes, etc. So the experience of how a consumer comes to the website and how they interact with the website, we leave to the brand. But the integration into the e-commerce, we're happy to help the brands do.
3: Walk me through Jessica's new brand called Jessica's Cannabis. Okay. How long does it take her to contact you to get the site going and then me as the consumer, I go to Jessica's cannabis and how long do I get the product? Walk me through that whole process.
4: So it's a typical implementation is like somewhere on 30 days. Um, there's uh, obviously a tech component and then we have to get the inventory into our warehouses and sort of any SOPs around how the brand would like the product delivered. They give us custom bags and you know we train the drivers a certain way to say certain things. So it's about 30 days. But then when the customer comes onto the website, they basically create an account. It's just a cell phone number. They put it in. And then at that point, they can place an order. Um, If you order by midnight tonight, the earliest you can get it is the following day or up to five days in advance. So it's never same day. Uh, We do that on purpose by design because we we need to keep our logistics costs low so we can stay in business for our customers. And in the end, like I mentioned... We are going after that brand loyalist, not the person that needs their fix in under an hour, but rather someone who's like, man, I love this brand. I'm getting a good deal. Uh, I'm earning loyalty rewards. We have that pr- program. And so let me put in a big order. Uh, in fact, our average basket size at Ginger Platform Wide is $150. In certain parts of California, the average basket size in a dispensary is like 60 Exactly. Or maybe now 40, even 40. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Um, you know, in our average platform-wide, and we have some beverage brands as well, and it's still at $150.
3: And your guys' service is available across California? From
4: We cover about 80% of the population in California, so a big chunk of sort of the Bay Area. And from in Southern California, it's pretty much from uh, the San Fernando Valley all the way down to Laguna. Uh, we're launching Sacramento and San Diego this quarter.
3: And... I can only order the brands, if so, Buddies, for instance. Are, yep. are, what's, Yeah, Buddies. Lime. or Lime, yeah. whatever, yeah. That's so funny. I just had some at my house. <laughs> I'd seen a lime yeah. bag at my house, the lime watermelon ones, ironically. Um,
4: yeah, those sell really well.
3: But yeah, so I just <laughs> literally had, I, I seen me. those in my hands yeah. Yeah. yesterday at my house yeah. Yeah. as my son was, what are these? Dad, give me those, you little <laughs> <son." Yeah.
5: laughs> Not um, for you. My gummies.
3: I, I order those in Orange County. Yeah. And or, I'm tomorrow. in the Bay Area. You'll get it tomorrow. Doesn't matter. Any water. Boom, boom, boom.
4: You'll boom. get it tomorrow. And here's another example of the, the I mean, literally, I could probably talk for another hour about the, the benefits that you get with DTC that you don't get from retail. But I'll give you one example statewide promotions. You cannot do that in this industry. Let's say Lime is an example for, um, for New Year's. So the day after Christmas until, um, until New Year's Eve, they wanted to run a promo which was 50% off plus free delivery statewide. Good luck doing that if you're in 400 retail shops. Mm-hmm. Right. Like all imagine the logistics of all your sales reps talking to all the brand all the retailers trying to co- coordinate this. They have to change their POS. They have to change the signage. It's a nightmare versus with us they literally go on their website. Boom. Done. And then on on the expiration date on January 1st 1201, boom, that promo code is no longer valid, just like any other website. Uh, so this is very powerful, um, and, and I might have said this example before, but, you know, for the, for the sake of, uh, of being consistent, I'll say it again. When I got in this industry, which is about 10 years ago, we were just transitioning from, you know, dime bags to uh, selling inside of a, of a, of a, a store, right? Like, you basically were selling cannabis in a Ziploc bag, and then in 2013-14, we were just getting into branded products in retail, So the industry, if you looked at sort of the the makeup of a cannabis brand in 2013, it was farmers, growers, risk takers, and like a CEO. Those were like the people that worked at a cannabis brand. If you fast forward to today, you have all these CPG experts, people that came from Target and Walmart and da-da-da, and people who have brought their expertise of how to succeed in retail, how to get sell-through in retail. So brands have up-leveled. You know, they went from where they were 10 years ago to today. They understand uh, packaging and retailer displays. What I'm betting on is that 10 years from now, or not even 10 years from now, two or three years from now, If you look at the bench of a cannabis brand and said, hey, what is the employee workforce uh, made out of? You will have a strong marketing team and, more importantly, a strong e-commerce digital marketing team that does not exist today in cannabis brands, by and large. And the reason it doesn't is because there weren't companies like Ginger that would justify that expense because they can drive all this demand. Where is it going to go? Dispensaries? You're going to lose those customers. The dispensers are going to take them for themselves. So now that Ginger exists, these brands like Lyman Buddies and others maybe that have talked to you, they're they're connecting the dots themselves and their executives are saying, hey, I'm going to talk to a recruiter and I'm going to hire a head of digital marketing and someone that worked at Amazon and someone that worked at XYZ and I'm going to start to be a master of my own destiny and build up this channel. As I, buddies,
3: they have to give you one hundred products of or what x amount of number of,
4: pro- of each of their SKUs. Yeah, I mean it's it's up to them, and we're, sorry I guess up to both of us because we are sort of partners in this venture in a way where. You know, I can't be a dumping ground of product, which tends to happen in this industry as well, especially with the white label manufacturers that don't have their own facilities. So it is it is sort of a partnership between us and the brand, but I want them to be successful and I have an interest in helping them sell. One of the advantages of Buddies and Lime is their multi-category, multi skewer omniskew omni brands. And so I'm happy to take those 100 skews because one of the advantages for them is that they can carry all the SKUs in one place? In retail, that rarely, if ever, happens. If I'm buddies, if I'm a sales rep at Buddies, and I go to a great dispensary, and I'm like, "Hey, man, I have 100 SKUs. Can you carry all of them?" The guy's like, Pfft. "We got two." And it's not your decision. I, you know, th- this guy he tried the watermelon Kush. He didn't like it, so we'll get everything, but not this. The dispensaries are sort of the top dot. It's their decision. You know they're gonna that's tell not you what's sell they here. Want. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and that's not gonna sell here. I know my customers, or that's too expensive, or I already have five. There's no difference between the fifth and the sixth one, so no thanks. But online, you can carry your entire catalog, and there's no issue with that.
5: So, but when when a brand drops off some of their product to you, right? Um, well, a, can I drop ship my product to your fulfillment center? And also, um, how much product can somebody actually house with you?
4: So it's, it's brand by brand. Um, we, we try to right-size the amount of inventory we take that's going to be like a two- to four-week rotation. So based on the size of the brand, the category, et cetera, our team tries to sort of, if we've never worked with them before or if they've never been on DTC before, we try to guesstimate how much inventory we should take on. Ultimately, it's actually Ginger's uh, decision. We have the veto right on how much inventory we're willing to take on. But of course, like I said, we're incentivized to sell. Uh, so initially, it's just kind of a, an a guesstimate, and then as we see the sell-through data, we try to keep about two to four weeks worth of inventory.
3: And then as you guys get the product, you guys deliver, you guys take the payment, then you guys will pay whatever company that's that you guys are doing business with.
4: Yeah, absolutely. So the money comes from the consumer to the driver, uh, from the driver gets deposited in a cannabis compliant bank account, and then, you know, sort of reimbursements go out of there. So a payment goes to the brand. And we, we sort of have agreements on a brand by brand basis. So, you know, our, our take rate is different uh, depending on volumes and things like that. But yeah, basically we pay the brand, the depot gets reimbursed, and then eventually there's there's a piece that's left behind for us.
5: You mentioned earlier something about packaging. Are you still in packaging in any sort? Like if I were to drop ship a product to your to your facility, can you help me um, create packaging or you know, whatever it may be, clamshell yeah, no, kind of we,
4: we, we expect, you know, ready-to-go uh, retail Compliant, everything ready, correct. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, where we do help is if the brand wants to have, like, a, a delivery bag, a branded delivery bag or swag or a little bit gift or a thank you, we want to customize the experience for the right. consumer because the whole point here is the service is white-labeled. So the, the brands were correct in saying, oh, no, it's me. We, we want them to think that way and communicate with the customer that way. So if you're Lime this was a lime delivery delivered by a lime delivery driver ginger is sort of a behind the scenes brand we're b2b
3: so that's how you guys provide such a great service for yeah. all these companies that everybody believes and thinks that that's that company they that's be- why they got all hush hush when when they came on the show that's not we are not yeah. using ginger i'm like yeah, hey, that's ginger <laughs> that's my guy roy over there <laughs> it's cannabis talk 101 we're going to break real quick we're going to come back i want to talk about click spray right now and see how this is doing because I remember getting the purple bottle. The purple one the was night for night. sleep, the, the night night. Nights. night. <laughs> and I still have tell this day going, oh my God, that was one of the best ones right there. It's Cannabis Talk 101. We're going to find out where you can get this because we need some night night. It's Definitely. Cannabis Talk 101. We'll be right back after that.
1: <laughs> we'll be right back with Cannabis Talk 101.
0: Welcome back to Cannabis Talk 101. Live the life you crave, you guys. Rise
3: above ordinary weekend plans with Elevation Nations membership. You'll gain access to exclusive events, entertainment, adventure, and wellness experience. Visit elevationnations.com to learn more. If you're looking for a cannabis hotel, that's the one you want to go to. My guy, Roy. Roy. Click spray was the first thing that ever came out of your mouth with me what I <laughs> first seen it was one of the first things I put in my mouth that to go to sleep with actually. Yeah. And how is click spray doing? Where can people find it? Is click spray? One of those things that they can order and get delivered the next day as well.
4: Yeah, obviously, you know, we, as champions of, of DTC, click is at the forefront of that. Uh, so clickspray.com, you can you can buy the product. And it's doing well. Um, we launched in Massachusetts and Ohio. Uh, so now we're in a couple more states nice. with, with more states. And it's doing really well in Ohio, believe it or not. Um, and then we've got our site set on some international expansion and some really cool things like that in Canada and in Europe. Um, but just sort of a learning um, in the last year, especially in a state like California, um, some brands don't do well in retail or some categories don't do well in retail. And I think that that's another advantage of direct-to-consumer. We've just been trained to think that the only place to buy weed legally is at a dispensary. Mm. And that's not true, guys. You can buy alcohol at a bar, at a supermarket, and a hundred different other places. And they all have their uniqueness and their value add. And so in that regard, wellness products and other categories, it's a chicken or the egg. If if you're um, a wellness brand and you go to a buyer at a dispensary... he he or she may say, yeah, that's not going to succeed here. Well, why? Well, because I just get a bunch of stoners, and they want the strongest shit. They just want flour. And this is 2.5 milligram. Forget it. So now you might think as a brand, my product sucks. I should just fold. Well, no. Your product doesn't suck. The people who come into a dispensary are not interested in your product because who comes in? The people who know that dispensaries only stock heavy hitter shit. So it's a chicken and the egg. But it's a big, wide universe out there on the Internet where you can attract any kind of consumer, people with aches and pains, people of a certain age, people in certain demographics that might want your product. So there are certain products and certain categories, especially in cannabis, that tend to do real well, much better in retail. In fact, I'll say beverage we have a couple of beverage brands one of them specifically that was like dude you if 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 ginger was a dispensary your you would be my top selling dispensary the amount of volume that i push through my website is more than any single dispensary in fact a combination of a bunch of dispensaries and i get higher margins so especially a a category like beverages especially a 65 80 dollars bottle that's a kind of a hefty purchase those kinds of products could die on the vine of, in a dispensary, but they have a place in the market. They just are marketing their product in the wrong place. You can't market a premium product at a, uh, an, an outlet, as an example.
3: And not only that, it's just so great for these brands. And if you're a brand out there listening, it's fortunate but unfortunate that it's only in California, I For mean, where are we and how is this going to explore <laughs> other options? I if mean-
4: anyone's listening, if you've got a license to deliver in a state other than California, please contact Roy at GingerCommerce.com. Uh, we are in the market. We have some active conversations, but we would love nothing else than to partner uh, with license holders in other states. Our model is where it's not, we don't like to build infrastructure, obtain licenses, and all of that. We like to partner with operators that already have that foundation and want the technology and the brand portfolio that Ginger sort of brings to the table, and then it's a partnership.
3: And at this point, I'm imagining all the states that are active out there want a piece of this.
4: Yeah, and for some of them, it makes more sense than others. I think Florida is going to be a tough one, the way the regs were written, and they're sort of actively working against um, uh, online sales. and in, in the example that you'd, you'd mentioned before, uh, that's, that's a state where, for now at least, the state is making it super difficult to sell online or to do delivery, both. Uh, but a state like New York, which has recognized how difficult they've been in letting retail open, that they've said, we're prioritizing delivery. So I think that New York, New Jersey, and some other markets are going to be great for delivery. And maybe brands and operators can learn a lesson from the uh, uh, you know, problems of California and recognize how they can do it better. In a state like New York, I love New York because it is an incredible sort of out-of-home advertising market. There's so much billboard and bus stop and subway stop real estate to market your wares. And as far as I've seen, the regulations do allow uh, for for that to some extent Um, that I think that if you were in DTC, if you were a brand in e-commerce, you should love uh, a, a state like New York for delivery.
3: What does ginger actually stand for? (laughs)
4: <laughs> it's a funny, I, I get asked that every now and again, you know, when you start a company like ease or, you know, you, 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 lo- you look for sort of simple words, fewest amount of letters, just something that's really easy. And, um, my partner and I we were just sort of one day we're like, Oh, we got to figure out what we're calling this thing. And we kind of looked around the room and a redhead walked by. And no. <laughs> we had just bought ginger shots and I looked at him like, "How about ginger?" And he's like, "Ah, oh, maybe." I'm like, "Dude, ginger! Like everyone loves ginger. It's a palate cleanser. It's a root. Cannabis <laughs> is kind of a weed. Um, you know, it just has a lot of positive connotations. It's good. Like if you have a cold, et oh, cetera. I Yeah, so, I'll do a I'm ginger like, shot. Let's heartbeat. call it ginger. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you know, there hasn't really been anything ginger related in this space, so we're the only ones, good or bad. So I Here mean, the fact that he said <laughs>
1: palate cleaner is like it cleans up the palette for your company that opens (laughs) everything up for you. just, it makes sense. It really
3: does because this is like a, a a platform that a, every cannabis company should be utilizing
2: Yeah, and
3: partnering with you guys with, because like you said, where else can you put all your SKUs in one basket? Mm -hmm. No pun intended, but it's like all your SKUs are right there on your website and your clients can pick and choose. And not only that, you're able to utilize all that data like you've been mentioning. Mm -hmm. So you have all the analytics of what your potential, not only the dispensary that you have your two products in Mm -hmm. going, Oh, this one did really good in, in the Valley. This one's doing great in San Diego, but you're able to really
4: pre-sales, drops, subscriptions, referral programs, all okay. of what i've just said you could not do in retail
5: and there's just nothing more valuable than knowing your cu- your customer yeah like the better know you know your customer and their age and their demographic and their race and their background and their where they live and their where all yeah. of it you know yeah. I, yeah. the more you know your customer that the better you can develop your product to 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 give them exactly what they want absolutely so um you were saying earlier that um oh i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> what you just said.
3: i got something for you roy mm-hmm. as you mentioned all that stuff and the data What has stood out to you that's been eye-opening as uh, Jessica says that, you know, getting this data, like, is it, wow, I'm surprised to see. Like, for me, when I look at the analytics for dispensaries, it's obvious and proven that people over 55 are more going into a dispensary. Yeah. Right? Like, wow, I didn't realize that uh, 55 and over go to a dispensary. Wow. What are some of these analytics that you go, that, that were the wow for you? Um, and the, and the other this, companies that are going this home. might
4: not be earth-shattering but i think for the brands it's it's a, it's a validation what has been an eye opener for me is how targeted marketing in the cannabis space really does work so for example we we ran we ran a report for one of our brands and they decided they wanted to have a campaign which was move one-time customers to three-time customers so one purchase move them down the funnel to to three purchases and we're, I was like, ah, you know, that's tough to do. Imagine if retail, if you wanted to do that, well, it would everybody be, would be, be like, yeah, and you'd have bring to out your crystal where are ball. You sending them and how can you even get the data? Cause the dispensaries don't want to share the data. So we did it and it was wildly successful. We were able to move like, I think maybe 80% of the, in the segment of the people in the segment that were identified, so a few hundred people were successfully moved down to a third order. By just engaging with them through email, and SMS, and even a phone call campaign that we did. That Hi, this is Roy from uh, Lime Cannabis. I saw that you ordered uh, Watermelon Skittles uh, last week. How was it? How did it hit? The guy's like, ah, oh, dude, yeah, man. It was, it was cool. It was a little rough. And I'm like, hey, you know, we're running a promo. It's 50% off, da da blah-blah-blah. Okay, yeah, guys, put me in. And we can take an order over the phone. So... It's been surprising to me that it works because now I have data to show brands that it works. Up until now, people sort of gave up. I think the mantra now, because you can't advertise on Google and all that, people are like, "Uh, I threw so much money into it and it's not working. And now we have data to show that it absolutely is working. You just threw money into it too early. Before DTC existed people have tried to do digital advertising. They never saw the ROI because there was just no way to present it. And for me, the biggest sort of learning is I do now have data that validates that marketing dollars going in, sales come out yes. day and night.
5: I remember what I was going to ask you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> The gamification process, you said earlier that you um, have some sort of a gamification to your platform. Mm-hmm. What is that and how effective is it?
4: I mean, we can't reveal all our secrets. Is. <laughs> uh, but I think it, it, the, in the end of the day, um, when you when you have such a rich data set, you you can sort of tend to predict behavior. And I think cannabis consumers are some of the most predictable consumers out there, uh, because for a lot of people, it is something they depend on. We, you know, whether it's health related or, or mental health, etc. So by knowing more about our customers, we're able to Create so many customized offers that really—there's hey, a dog bar. Exactly, dog yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, too. What? I'm like, where? That's a down. validation. Is Snoop <laughs> 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 here? Hey, I'm <laughs> 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 um, so I think that you know, with with a rich data set comes the ability to uh, have really targeted offers to our customers, and uh, you know, I guess you could call that gamification, but it's really optimization. Mm-hmm. Uh, and ultimately, like I said, my dream is that the digital marketing team will be the largest department of every cannabis brand in California. And by the way, it's my dream, but if that dream comes to fruition, it'll do what I hope one day happens, which is that brands are gonna be the powerful entity in this industry. And that's what we've been missing. The entities that are powerful are the handlers, the operators, the brick and mortars, the distributors, the supply chain people. They're the ones that hold this industry by the you know what, and I think that's wrong. I think that ultimately it stifles creativity. It makes amazing brands fail uh, because a distributor didn't want to pick them up or because you know hiring a, a sales team of 15 people is expensive to try to blanket California, to try to make a dent. And if we are successful in what we are doing, you really just need a really strong e-com team, and you can succeed as a brand. You can at least break even. You can at least survive and exist. And consumers win when that happens because you'll have choice. You'll have artisanal craft brands that are still able to bring in enough revenue to, to survive and keep their dream alive. And even if they have a 1,000 customers a year, hey, those 1,000 people really love your product.
3: And not only that, if you're a Southern California company and you really want to pop in the Bay Area, you can start marketing out there throw something out there sales and then before you know it man. you know your your, your website <laughs> is being able to sell there and if you're not in all the dispensaries out there you're yeah. not in this one you're not yeah. in that one yeah. you're still able to get the products out there I mean, i'm yeah. going to
4: say something that might it's be controversial point. but i think that's okay i'm i'm used to being a disruptor let's do uh, it sometimes <laughs> when when uh, brand uh executives are talking to me about potentially joining the and then i'm like well what's your marketing but we don't have a marketing budget i'm like how many sales people do you have 10 people. I'm like, that's your marketing budget. So fire two of them and take that money and put it towards online marketing and see the difference. How many sales, how many consumer contacts is that sales rep generating for you? And is the revenue that that rep generating for you consistent? Because ultimately it's not up to them. It's up to the buyer, right? They could just be telling, they're drawing the salary, monthly salary, they're telling you, hey, give me a discount. I need to give BOGOs. My buyer's not going to move product unless you give me a BOGO. So you're fronting their salary. You're fronting their, the discounts. You're fronting the uh, uh, PADs. You're fronting the retailer display that you're paying for the slotting fee. You're shelling out money as a brand, but you're not considering that marketing. You're considering it sales. Well, in the end, you're trying to you know, get product moving. So take all that money. Take a piece of that money. Put it on digital advertising, drive traffic to your website, own the customer and get a sale that way. And hey, at the very least, have a hedge against retail, but also measure how far your dollars are going with your sales team versus your digital team. It could be going the same, fine. At least now you have a hedge and you have another option. But you may find, and some of our brands already are finding, that their dollars that are going towards sale are actually uh, more efficient if they go towards digital marketing. They get more return on that, and it's much more predictable and at their control because it's it's marketing, right? You give a marketing agency a budget, they give you a CPA, life goes on, versus managing a team and all the overhead and complexities that come with
3: that. And you look at the analytics you're going to have. Right. Because all that stuff that you just paid for, now you have real data to show what your clients are doing, what they love about your products. You can give out information. Like you said, you can call them. You could have them do a survey, do a survey, receive a 50% discount for something else. Now you're just, you could just get so much information. And that's Mm -hmm. what this day and age needs. That's right. I mean, our culture, our life revolves around data.
4: That's right. I think that direct-to-consumer can play a big part in resurrecting the retail side of this industry from the ashes that it exists in today. I, don't, I can't say single-handedly, there's a lot of things that need to happen, but I think this can be a big part of that because brands can be more efficient, they can you know, um, uh, put their dollars to good use, whatever little dollars they have left, put it to good use and build their business in a way where there's predictability and knowledge over the customer and sort of, I think also, uh, let's face it, most of the brands in the industry are uh, venture backed. Most of them are losing money and the only way they can continue to raise is if they can show good trends and good data. DTC is a big part of that. You, you don't even know how many uh, uh, fundraising decks. Ginger is in (laughs) for brands that are trying to raise money or have raised money. And a big part of it is, here's what we're doing new. We're taking this budget. We're going to go all in on DTC. This is the the positivity it's going to yield. And investors get behind that because they can see the predictability Mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm.
3: As you talk about investments in this and that, where do you think the market is right now in the cannabis space? Do you think these companies are thriving? Do you see, is it... You know, are the bigger ones just the only ones surviving? H- what's your take?
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't think I'm going to say anything no one's heard. But, yeah, it's tough times. It's hard to raise money. I mean, the economy as a whole is challenging. Um, I've got friends in tech that, you know, in similar situation. And they have, you know, uh, profitable companies that they can't raise money for. So cannabis with all of its regulations is tough. I think right now it's hunkered down. Whoever still has some gas left in the tank, you know, a 12 to 18 month runway will probably be okay. I think you'll see cuts across the board if you haven't seen it already. Um, And there'll probably be a consolidation. Um, I also think that ginger or DTC can be a play in that downsizing, right? Um, So if you still have enough money, but you need to cut burn Maybe you allocate whatever capital you have to just you know maybe pulling out of retail um, because that's expensive. Just being in retail is very very expensive for brands. I don't, it's the biggest expense outside of the cogs, which are usually factored in. That sort of X factor is the sales team and everything that comes with that, all the support you have to give them. So if you if you need to scale that down for budgetary reasons, uh, but you need to show growth or excite your investors in one way or another, I think DTC can be, play a big part of that. But I think you'll probably see you know a good 20 percent of brands disappear in the next twelve months, if not more. Wow. And it's just the sign of. The I cost. mean, they
3: have been. It's 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 inevitable right now. Yeah. What's going on with the market? I agree with you, and it's just sad, but yet you're so right on. You know, people losing some of their jobs to capitalize on a on a platform like what you're yeah. offering to people. I, I I've seen it since you've yeah. said it. I I loved it when I first seen it. Going, wow, this makes a lot of sense, and. Yeah. You know, why wouldn't a company want to control their own destiny, so to speak, a little more when you can spend, like you said, some of that money on marketing and they can buy it directly mm-hmm. from right. you mm-hmm. and you're going to delivered from what feels
4: like is your brand. Correct. And
5: where all do you deliver now?
4: So Southern California, sort of San Fernando Valley to uh, Newport and then the entire Bay Area Peninsula, sort of East Bay. And we're launching San Diego and Sacramento in this quarter.
5: And what are the restrictions around where I, as the as the um, company holder, um, have? T- where do I have to be based in order to send you product? Can I be anywhere. based anywhere? No, you
4: just need to metric it over to me through your. No, what if I'm not
5: something. licensed in California? If I'm licensed in, let's say, Oregon, no, and I have no, a product, I, and I send in like like California, California. Yeah. Yeah. just what you said. Anywhere, yeah. yeah. I want to for yeah, survey, meant, so I want yeah. to make sure anywhere
4: within that. California. Anywhere as long as with you're a
5: license. As long as you're what if I like had it. a
3: license and it expired? Can we? Can you work with me?
1: <laughs> oh Bingo. no! What kind of a business
4: do you think I'm running?
1: <laughs> okay, so question: Do you guys do the IE, the Inland Empire area? You say yeah,
4: Southern uh, California a, so a, parts there? of it. Yes, uh, we're expanding. The advantage for us is uh, we are next day, um, proudly so, and so it's going to be a fact. One of the things we're going to experiment with, uh, from a data perspective, is the farther the customer from our depot. We are going to start to deliver there, but we might increase the minimum order um, or a delivery fee. But it's better than saying no. And a lot of times the brands are willing to eat that absorb that extra cost because they get to reach another
5: customer. And what is that what is that Amazon model now? It's like Amazon Go or Amazon Fresh, where basically you can go pick up from the store, which is hilarious because yeah. they're like, We yeah. have a new model. I'm like, You mean a regular brick and mortar? Yeah. But
4: <laughs> everything comes back around.
5: <laughs> it does. It does.
4: I, I don't know if you guys have, have, have heard this, but I don't know, in the last like six months or so, there's this big backlash against like one hour delivery. People are now sort of sensory overloading, feeling like Amazon is being wasteful with all like, do I really need a paperclip in under an hour? And I feel <laughs> like maybe uh, this is just me, maybe I'm too early yet again, but I feel like people are now sort of like okay with next day, okay with two day delivery.
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's
4: like not a big deal. Let's not ruin the planet, you know, all, all of that. So, well,
5: I think about, not about, but as well as that, like, I don't need it right now. I think people are starting to get on the planning their day train, where it's like I'm not sitting at home anymore uh, because yeah. it's not COVID any longer, and yeah. I don't need it yesterday. I don't need it. I don't need the food in my mouth as we speak. Yeah, I can plan my day and say, you know, I want yeah. my groceries delivered at yeah. 6 p.m. tomorrow, so I can have dinner ready by eight. There's
4: makes a sense. there's a 10x cost increase in delivering something next day versus in under an hour, at least in the cannabis space. Mm. I don't know about other industries, um, and As you know, my background with ease and I've just been in the industry for over 10 years, um, I don't think anyone can really make a profit almost at any scale doing on demand cannabis delivery Mm -hmm. because cannabis as a whole has a lot of overhead because of security and everything else. And then you're still paying a human being to drive yeah. around in a vehicle. Um, gas- the Attensive. gas, yeah, gas- The insurance, the wear and tear on the I, car, I, everything else. I think the the last calculations I've seen a few years ago was the break-even point was four deliveries per driver per hour in an eight-hour shift to break even for on-demand. Well. That's ridiculous. I mean, maybe in San Francisco you can do that and not all the time. You can't do that yeah. in like L.A., right? Definitely not. <laughs> not. So you're just <laughs> losing money. <laughs> you're too, just everything's too you're stressed just out. You're just four
5: deliveries in an hour. Yeah. You can't get takes 15, 15 minutes. minutes to get somewhere. You can get from my front doorstep at my apartment yeah. to down the street to the exactly. first stop yeah. light. That's yeah. it. So we do <laughs>
4: we do next day and 2 hour windows um, and that and my cost is like a tenth of the cost of doing that on demand delivery. I pass that savings on to the brand, then that gets that savings gets passed on to the consumer. And in the end, another fringe benefit of that is we tend to get larger order sizes. Of
2: course.
4: See, it's like if you order a pizza, you're not ordering seven pizzas. If you're hungry now, you order a pizza, it gets to you, you eat it. You're hungry in four hours, you'll order another pizza. We've been trained to do that with Cannabis On Demand. Ease was actually the pioneer of that. Don't plan, don't think ahead. Our minimum is 40 bucks. you You got 40 bucks, buy some weed. You want more tomorrow? Order again. Well, it makes no economic sense to keep making round trip to the same person. Right, you're losing money. If you sell them the same amount of products, say two forty-dollar orders or one eighty-dollar order, you're going to make so much more money on that one eighty-dollar order. It's obvious, but the industry didn't start thinking that way and how to have profitable routes. It was more about how do we get it to the consumer faster because it's that recreational customer that's looking to get high. They want to order when the entrees arrive and the and the delivery arrive to dinner when they're having the dessert. And that's – we are certainly – Thinking that there's a time and a place for that. And by the way, if you're that kind of customer, go to the dispensary exactly. or order on Pull Ease. up and get it real quick. Yeah. That's it. Well, but. I do
5: want to say that to that point, not only the convenience factor, right? But there's also things, much like, you know, groceries or anything else. You might want to get at a pharmacy or something. Maybe I'm sick and I don't want to go to pharmacy. Maybe I'm having ailments and my knees right. hurt and I don't want to go to the dispensary. Maybe I don't want to go pick up my CBD. But I think it's also with things like Ease have opened the doors for people like, you know, our parents. Who, you know, our sisters who are kind of like more conservative than us Mm -hmm. and don't want to go up to the front door of a dispensary, feel out of place, kind of feel awkward walking into a place like that because... Even if they've never been in one, in their minds, I think that they are going to walk in. It's going to be like rap music and young and folk, and they're it's, they're right. going to feel out the flights. world has changed. And the world has changed, when but we, now with places like Ease, you can order it and they could pick. You know, it gets delivered straight to you.
4: Yeah, you know, I would say when we first launched Ease, you know, our mantra was easy, quick, and professional, and we were solving a different problem because the world was different then. And if you go back to we launched in the summer of 2014, if you go back to that world. it was still a medical market and dispensaries were in shady parts of town (laughs) that you were afraid to go to. And the product was sketch. So, so when Ease launched, it was all about like discreet, it's tested. You can rely on us and you don't have to go to the meatpacking district (laughs) and, you know, (laughs) knock on the door three times. Where's Bubba? (laughs) Exactly. But today with planet 13 and, you know, med, med, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, that's by and large sort of been eliminated. So if you were going to launch a company today, it's not for that kind of consumer. It's more for something else. Part of it is for convenience. I, I sort of liken the Ease customer, I call them the bargain shopper non-planner, which is not a knock. It's just the way it is. Ease, in my own personal opinion, I'm no longer affiliated with the company, has become sort of like a discount warehouse where you can get very inexpensive cannabis delivered relatively conveniently. But that's it. And guess what? That might be good for the customer. It's, Mm -hmm. by the way, race to the bottom because there are other companies trying to compete with these. So everyone races to the bottom. And I'm going to bring this conversation back full circle. Who bears the brunt of these crazy marketing initiatives? The brands. Why? Because large companies, large dispensaries, large delivery services go to the brand and say, hey, you want us to carry you? We'll carry you. But you usually wholesale your product for 10. You want to be on our platform? Give it to us for six. You don't want it? Go somewhere else. Wow. It all gets subsidized by the brands. So that fast, convenient delivery, the brand is eating their margin. The more they sell, the more money they lose. So if you're tired of losing money... Come to me and I'll help you with it. And we'll build a partnership and we'll make money together rather than work with a partner that in the end has no loyalty to you, makes you just put your hand in your pocket constantly to sponsor marketing initiatives and everything else while they suck the consumer data. And today they're selling your product and tomorrow they're selling your competitors.
3: How hard is it, Roy, to convince, pick the brand name, a big one out there, whoever it is, to utilize this, because let's just face it, there's these multi-state operators that are yeah. out there, and I believe they should be doing this, yeah. but yet they're not. Like, what is there? their—or have you talked to them, or is it not the appointment yet? I mean, what's we have, the hesitation? We have,
4: I, get, I get a lot of glossy eyes and, you know, oh my gods. Uh, I think there's different reasons for it, but primarily— these are people not from the industry. These are people who have raised money, and some of them are even publicly traded. And the entire economic model is driven off of either full verticalization or the retail outlet, right? So the there's actually not that much marketing dollars spent into their house brands. They're really focused on... Uh, Good margins around cultivation, around manufacturing, and then getting to the product to retail and making their uh, wholesale retail margin split. And if they can do that, they're happy. And even if they have house brands, they're not trying to create a consumer brand, you know, with like swag and everything else. They just have to call it something because they want to have like their top shelf, their mid and their low. So they gave it a brand and that a brand only exists in the 20 shops that they have and life goes on. So that that's the, that ecosystem. I feel, but hey, if you look at the public uh, companies, most of them are literally, you know, losing all of their money. Uh, so in the end, someone is going to demand that they take a look at this. I think that they could potentially be an acquisition uh, of Ginger a couple of years from now where a big MSO will see what we've built and want to sort of gobble us. But right now, because uh, to ask your, your previous question, it is difficult to convince the larger brands because they've invested so much in the sales team and in the marketing and in that infrastructure. And for them to go all in on DTC, they have to go all in. There has to be a visionary at but the they top. But they've got to see it. the
3: consumer wants us and it's we're, direct We're almost I mean, there. On. Trust me,
4: we're almost there. My brands, uh, buddies, Lime, Pamo, some of the other ones, they're the pioneers. They're starting to generate really good data. They're going to start to talk about this in cocktail parties. Yep. Eventually, the CEO of XYZ Big company is going to see how their numbers are sliding and how you know someone is overtaking them, and that's I think when that light bulb moment is going to be, where it's like, wait a second, I was number two, and this guy was number eight. Now he's number one, and Mm -hmm. I'm number four. Mm -hmm. What's up? And then they look at headset data. The Mm -hmm. data with uh, Ginger is not on headset, and it's not on BDSA because that data is fed from retailer POS. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and it already exists today. Um, there's these brands that say like, oh, I'm the number one cannabis beverage brand. Well, are you? Because you're just being fed retail data. But there's this whole other ecosystem and there's brands that are working with me that have more sales than you. It's just, it's not on the radar because it's DTC.
3: <laughs> it's going to be so interesting once this This is a disruption. More, yeah, I love it, man. Is there anything else we're leaving out that you want to mention? That, that was so good right there. Thank because, you for having me.
4: I'd love no, to come back. You know, good. I,
5: I'd like to ask you for something. So I'd like to ask, do you have a 30-second elevator pitch to make... The description of what your business is, in, exactly what it is that it does for for the customer, for the consumer, for the brand. What's your 30-second elevator pitch from beginning to top to make me understand exactly what the hell you guys do?
4: So Ginger Commerce is a direct-to-consumer technology platform uh, operating in California. Our value proposition to cannabis brands is we allow you to open a brand new sales channel so you can sell directly to consumers on your website. You get better margins. You get to own the customer data and the relationship. And from a consumer standpoint, we enable your favorite brands to sell to you online, give you loyalty rewards programs, give you a a variety of SKUs and the things you love, drops, etc. Those brands can't do it themselves. With ginger, it's possible. There it is. Well said, brother. It's always <laughs> wow. good
3: to have you, nice man.
1: I think that was like 24 seconds.
3: I know. <laughs> hey, he hit it on the mark. That's the that's the clip right there to promote the show. Yeah. I mean bam. <laughs> Roy, it's always great to have Thank you on you the so show, much. man. It's so great to have you come by. We can't wait to do so many more things with you and tell everybody Absolutely. over there at the family and we all said hi and, hi, yeah. and maybe maybe uh, bring sometimes next time the little purple this one.
4: This is you guys. Yeah, I'll bring the <laughs> night so
5: Where do we find you on social media?
4: Uh, I am at I am Roy R-O-I-E, uh, on Instagram. Uh, and my email is roie at gingercommerce.com. Shoot
5: me an email, and I'm a brand, and I'm immediately interested in, in working with you. Um, email. How, how do I how do I get a hold of
4: you then? Uh, well, we could talk after the show, or send me an email. <laughs> go to our website. There's plenty of ways. But the yes. website is uh, gingercommerce.com. Perfect. Thank
3: you very much, you guys, and thank you for filling in, uh, Jessica. It's always good to have you and okay. Gold
1: to see with hey, us. Hey, hey,
3: Salar, appreciate you, brother. Roy, love Woo-hoo! you, brother. And if nobody else good. loves you out there,
1: we, we do. do! <laughs> Thank you for listening to Cannabis Talk 101 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.
2: Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fairs.